Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. The leader of the Liberal Party has an opportunity to respect the fact that heating your home in January and February in Canada is not a luxury. And it does not make those Canadians polluters. They're just trying to survive. This from a prime minister who burned more jet fuel in one month than 20 average Canadians burn in an entire year. So will the prime minister ground the jet, park the hypocrisy, and axe the tax hikes? In Alberta, as you know, the UCP leadership is underway, and in a few days' time we'll know who the leader is and becomes the premier, and uh, next year there's going to be the provincial election. Whatever happens in Alberta affects all of us. Dwayne Bratt is professor of political science at Mount Royal University in Calgary. He's the author of Blue Storm, The Rise and Fall of Jason Kenney. Dwayne, thank you very much uh, for joining us. We just spoke with Mr. Taves. I've spoken with Daniel Smith as well. How do you, uh, how do you see this leadership? Who do you think is going to likely emerge, or who has the best chance of emerging as leader? Well, those are the two top front runners. I believe that while maybe there's an outside chance if a quarter ends up uh, flipped on its edge that, that Brian Jean or someone else could pull this out, but it, it's really Smith versus Taves. And I think there's a better than even chance that it will be Daniel Smith. Um, I wouldn't rule out Taves. It's complicated when you're dealing with a preferential ballot with with. Uh, one person, one vote, and seven different candidates. Uh, but we're getting to, you know, 10 days, uh, and all the ballots have to be in. Then there is in-person voting on October 6th, and we will know the evening of October 6th. What do Albertans want from their next premier, who's going to be a premier, as you say, only for a few months until there's an election? If they win, then, of course, he's going to be the premier beyond, or she, beyond the election date. But what do Albertans want this is interesting. So you played a clip from Pierre Polyev yes. when he came out of commercial talking about inflation. If you look at polling in Alberta, inflation is the number one issue, as it is with Canadians right across the country. But that's not what this um, leadership race is about. They have rarely, if ever, mentioned inflation. Instead, the focus has been revisiting COVID and especially responding to Daniel Smith's Sovereignty Act proposal with their own ways of, of fighting Ottawa. So Albertans are concerned with health care and with education, and especially right now with the cost of living and inflation. That's not really the debate that we're hearing amongst the, uh, the UCP leaders, because it's not a debate amongst all Albertans. It's a debate around 120,000 UCP members. 
Yeah. And that happens far too frequently. Again, we spoke with an American guest earlier who said, look, the politicians in the United States are tone deaf to the voters. They listen to the major contributors to their campaigns and the voters are essentially irrelevant. And that's when the democracy really starts to hurt. Now, does the NDP have a realistic chance of forming government in Alberta in next year's provincial election? Yes, they do. Um the uh, they had been leading in the polls uh, for about two years. They're currently slightly trailing the UCP, but that's because the UCP doesn't have a leader yet. Once they have a leader, then you remove the sort of generic ballot and start to focus on the strengths and weaknesses of the individual leader. There are uh, electoral math weaknesses that the NDP faces. So typically we, we call Alberta... Uh, a three-legged stool. You've got Edmonton, you've got Calgary, and you've got the rest of Alberta. And you, any party that wants to form government has to take two out of the three. Edmonton is already locked for the NDP. They currently have 19 out of 20 seats. They'll probably win 19 to 20 seats uh, again in the, this election. Uh, rural Alberta, unless or even if there is a split within the UCP, is still going to go heavy conservative. Uh, and so it's going to be battleground Calgary. But given the dominance of seats outside of the two major cities, for the NDP to win, they can't just get half of the seats in Calgary. They would have to get three-quarters of the seats or, or more. And here, it really depends on who the leader is. I think if Travis Taves becomes leader, he is going to be more popular, more stable in Calgary than if Daniel Smith wins. And so it, it's really going to determine who Rachel Notley is going to be facing uh, in May or possibly even sooner. Okay, now your book is titled Blue Storm, The Rise and Fall of Jason Kenney. We have about 45 seconds. What caused the fall, really caused the fall of Jason Kenney? Uh, I think there were, uh, COVID was part of it. I think COVID was a major part of that where he had... Um, problems in the in the province with groups largely within his own party that wanted much fewer restrictions and Albertans who wanted many more restrictions. Um, the Open for Summer, which was a devastating blow back in 2021 and led to Alberta having the largest amount of death uh, due to COVID in uh, August and, and September, I think was a major, major hit. The other was caucus relations. He never had good relations with his MLAs. His staffers were often bullies, not just to opposition members and to members of the public, but to his own party members. And so there was a sense that Jason Kenney, despite running on a grassroots guarantee, ran a very centralized government. So okay. I think it was a combination of his uh, his tactics, his leadership style, and his handling of COVID. You think the truck's going to be for sale? <laughs> uh, we don't see the truck much anymore. Um, and uh, that is a major symbol. And in fact, we have an entire chapter in the book on the symbolism of the blue truck. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.